Welcome to Feedstuff's Precision Pork, our podcast taking a look at ways to bring more precision and more profitability to your pork business. Feedstuff's Precision Pork is brought to you by Cargill. If you would like to hear more conversations about how to improve your operations profitability, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast channel, including Apple and Google Podcasts. Never miss out on knowing today's profitability outlook. To learn more about the general outlook, sign up for Cargill's Pig Flash newsletter by using the link on this podcast episode page. You can also customize the data to your operation using Cargill's producer profitability tools. Your host for today's Feedstuffs Precision Pork update is Cargill's Patrick Dirksen. Well, thanks, Sarah. Today we have Sabrina May and Dr. Ken Mooney, and we're going to continue with our discussions of setting goals for your fiscal year or planning ahead or improving your KPIs. That's what we want this podcast to be all about. One of the normal KPIs that everybody has is improving pig health. And what better way to do that but to start off with the young pig, start that pig off well in uh, in the nursery phase right after weaning. And if you think about that, there's several things that go into it. Um, we want to make sure that we do it in a cost-effective manner. We want to make sure that we are getting the best ingredients for our value. And we want to have the best impact on uh, mortality and performance that we can. So today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, a topic that that kind of comes up when we're trying to figure out problems mostly, mostly with starting that young pig. And that problem is, is do we have too much soybean meal in the diet? That's, uh, I'm already getting in over my skis here, Ken. Um, is there a way you can mm. kind of frame up this discussion for us? Yeah, sure, Patrick. Uh, so as you mentioned, you know, one of the biggest challenges we have in the swine industry really starts at the beginning, and that's the weaning of the pig off of the sow. You know, before weaning, the pig is on the sow, is getting a good supply of milk, pretty consistent. Uh, the pig's able to keep the bad bacteria and good bacteria in balance. But once we have a stressor occur, uh, in this case, where we're weaning the pig off the sow, we're going to have to introduce new nutrient sources to the pig. And this is going to come in the form of dry feed, which is going to include, you know, corn, soybean meal, maybe some, some milk products. And this is where we're going to have increased levels of undigested proteins and carbohydrates that go into the system of the pig. And these can get undigested and enter into the hind gut of the animal. Now, these undigested nutrients, they can be used by the harmful bacteria, and these harmful bacteria can proliferate. And this is where we get the unbalancing of good and bad bacteria, and this is where the problems start. Uh, some of those problems show up where we damage the GI tract and the microbiome in there. Uh, this shows up as scours in the barn. Uh, we get loss of performance, et cetera. And if the content continues, we get uh, an increase in morbidity and mortality. And we would say maybe for every 1% mortality, there's a loss of maybe a dollar per pig. So that fits pretty well with where I was wanting to go with this of we want to we want to improve our profitability. So you say that we have these times when we have a little bit more morbidity, when we have some scours, when we have some frustrations over starting the pig. What do we typically do when when uh, you have a customer call you up and you have that going on? What What's the typical response? Well, we try to look and see, okay, what can we do to increase the digestibility and the availability of ingredients to the animal? But one thing we don't want to do is we don't want to drive up cost. I mean, we can actually, quote unquote, solve the problem 
but we need to make sure that our producers remain prof profitable. Um, adding a lot of animal products or high levels of oats or something is is a choice we can do, but we got to keep it in balance with profitability. Okay, so Ken, Ken if we're going to uh, potentially introduce other ingredients into the diet, and those might not be the most cost-effective way, we're also going to be um, limiting soybean meal. Tell me more about the strategies there. Yeah, sure. Um, so, like you know, like Patrick says, the the one plant source we're going to use is going to be soybean meal. Why do we use soybean meal? Well, if you look at uh, pig production, um, our goal is to produce protein. Soybean meal supplies a pretty good balance of amino acids for what we want to do. Uh, it's relatively affordable, uh, relatively available to most producers, and it does have biologically active compounds like, say, isoflavones that we can take advantage of in health situations. But at the same time, there are some trade-offs with using soybean meal. They do have anti-nutritional factors that are inherent within the product. Uh, the pigs can have an immune response to this, and this is where we get the reduction in digestibility. Uh, this immune response causes the villi to be destroyed, uh, can't absorb the nutrients, can't absorb the water, so those go back to the hind gut. You get that proliferation of bacteria we talked about, and you get uh, loose stools from the water not being resorbed, and scours are seen in the barn. And that's where you get the phone call from the barn manager. Hey, we got to do something here. Pigs aren't doing well. Uh, what do we need to do? So when we look at the young pig diets, uh, most people often limit the amount of soybean meal in the diet. But to what number? Are you just saying, okay, we can't use X because we think this is going to happen? Um, let's limit it to, say, 400 pounds in this diet. Uh, we can go up a little bit more in the next diet. When we do that, we have to still meet the needs of the animal. So we have to add higher cost, more digestible animal proteins to help with digestibility um, because of the issues we've seen in transition where we get a decrease in the, uh, the diet. One other choice we can do though, is use further modified soy products that are available on the market. Okay, Ken, I hear you that we need to use some kind of modified soy product, that that's a good alternative. But I also think I heard that we don't really know exactly uh, how much to use, which product to use, what's the value of that type of ingredient. Sabrina, is there any tools we can use to uh, add a little more pre precision to this process? So yeah, Patrick, uh, Cargo has developed a new trend that we refer to as swine gut FP. With swine gut FP, what we're doing is we're measuring the amount of undigested protein from each ingredient source in the diet. So by using swine gut FP and reducing the level of swine gut FP in the diet, we can actually limit the amount of undigested protein that's flowing into the hindgut, as Ken mentioned before. And by, and by um, making less protein going into the hindgut, we're making less protein available for those harmful bacteria. By doing that, we're therefore reducing um, the amount of toxins that's being produced and having less intestinal damage as well. So swine gut FP sounds really interesting, Sabrina, and I understand that that can be a, a, a nutrient that we can use in formulation. Ken, can you tell me about how does that actually work? This, this, this is a guide for us so that we know how much, how much of this uh, modified soy to use? Yeah, so, you know, based on what Sabrina said, uh, we do have a nutrient in our system called swine gut FP. Um, all of our ingredients have a loading for that. And we know from the research that we've done both in vivo and in vitro um, across Europe, uh, other parts of the country, as well as here, that the lower that number is, 
the increased probability that we'll have less digestibility issues, scour issues, and proliferation of bad bacteria. So using something like uh, Provisoy, which is our, our modified uh, soy product, um, using that in the diet, and we set a certain number on swine gut FP, it will pull Provisoy versus soybean meal at certain levels, as well as the other ingredients to keep those levels of undigested protein at a minimum. So using swine gut FP, this, this is a guide for you to understand what your formulation should look like instead of just throwing oats or something else in and hoping for the best. Correct. And it'll help keep cost uh, under control. Um, so we don't, like you mentioned, uh, you know, a lot of people want to limit soybean meal, throw in a lot of oats. Um, yes, it'll treat the problem, um, just like getting a shot for a vaccine uh, for our own illness, uh, but it doesn't address the total cost and value to keep these producers um, in business. Appreciate that, Ken. So, okay, you both have talked a little bit about swine gut FP as a tool to show that if we reduce swine gut FP in the diet, we have some positive outcomes. Uh, do we have any data to back that up so that we uh, we feel confident in, in making those kind of recommendations, Sabrina? Yeah, we have several research data that we have conducted both internally and uh, globally as well um, that has shown that um, swine gut FP or reducing the level of swine gut FP in the diet really helps transition um, the pigs uh, during weaning. Um, our research has shown that um, Reducing the swine gut FP in the diet, we've seen consistently uh, reductions in um, scours. Uh, we've also seen improvements in feed efficiency and gain and just overall uh, health of the pigs as well. Great, great to hear. Maybe uh, Ken, to wrap us up, any other practical uh, implications of uh, making these kind of decisions so we, we really you know, let the rubber hit the road here, make, make this mean something for our customers? Yeah, so if you look at the value of using swine gut FP and using an ingredient like Provisoy, it makes the weaning transition much less challenging for our producers. Um, you know, we talked about Provisoy will help with optimal gut health through increased digestibility. Uh, it does result in a better microbiome diversity, which everybody's talking about. Uh, it results in uniform growth. We get better stools, keeps the people in the barn happy. Uh, maybe the reduction of uh, unnecessary antibiotics or water meds. And it does continue to work out through the grow finish. And so you'll be more, you have more profit potential. Um, one thing we didn't mention that it uh, also does with Provisoy is it does readily ferment the carbohydrates, avail make those available to the hindgut for those good bacteria so that they can proliferate. Thank you, you too. Really appreciate your advice today. That's a wrap on another edition of Feedstuff's Precision Pork. Hopefully today we've added some precision to your thinking about what you can do to young pig diets rather than just taking a swag at how much you should limit soybean meal. If you've got any other questions or anything else we can help you with, including swine gut FP or Provisoy, please reach out. We're here to help you.